Welcome to Blooming, a podcast by 20-somethings for 20-somethings, navigating how to grow up. You're Britt. And you're Tessa. And we'll be your co-hosts. <laughs> did you see what we did there, guys? Changing it up on you. <laughs> okay, so today we've got a bit of a fun one. You may remember we polled you a few weeks back on topics you'd like us to cover. And, well, this week, as per your request, we are talking about our travel stories. We aren't sure if this is going to be, like, really fun, as you said, or just super depressing <laughs> because travel has been off the cards for so long and is still off the cards. But hopefully we can help you, like, to daydream or reminisce or plan your next trip yes daydreaming is what I will definitely be doing we will be here in your ears helping your mind go elsewhere but before we jump into it Tessa how was your week my week was good I'm gonna start off though with listener Maddie throwing out a hot vacuum name how do we feel about Vicky the vacuum I like it (laughs) I don't know how I feel (laughs) do you have something better no it'll probably (laughs) stick now anyways (laughs) so I think that Maddie is the prize winner of a chili <laughs> that glorious prize yeah maddie you'll have to dm us your address so <laughs> chili. um but other than that my week has been like i don't know not super exciting we mostly spent it putting back together our apartment after the whole flooring thing and i'm still finding dust everywhere Ugh. like everywhere who invented dust it's actually the worst it's like I think we should cancel dust so gross <laughs> but tell me about your week my week has also been super adulty I spent my Sunday afternoon weeding which was not so fun and also showed my age because my back is now <laughs> cooked from being bent over for so long um also I took Nala to the vet um on Friday afternoon and was told that she's fat but <laughs> we never comment on a lady's age I mean not age wait, <laughs> wait. <laughs> I know well I was very shocked because like she's only eight months old and she immediately when she was giving her an examination was like yes she's carrying too much weight and I was like Ooh. what <laughs> She can't help it. You choose what she I know, eats. and I feed her the amounts. <laughs> so they also told me that she has hip displacement, is prone to plaque, and has a sprained left leg. So she's limping around. Oh, I poor know. little girl. Poor little thing. I did know about the limping, but the other two are news to me. Um, so I got all this stuff. I got all the gear. I got these little osteo kangaroo chews for her and like special stuff to put in her water to soften the plaque. And we're now brushing daily. Um, side note, the vet said that brushing daily is an essential. This is totally this news teeth? to me. Yeah. Dog's teeth. I've never heard of anyone brushing their, do- their no. dog's teeth every day. All I've heard about is give them bones often to clean their I teeth. I already give her dental like bones every day. But apparently I'm supposed to be brushing, brushing them. them. If you're a dog mm. parent, maybe you need to write this down as well. And yes, yeah, so now she can only go for controlled walks for a few weeks, no off leash. And yeah, we're on a diet. Um, <laughs> I love how we're on a diet. <laughs> so yeah, it hasn't been a great week for my little girl. We'll give her a cuddle for me. I will. now it is time for our adulting wins and adulting fails from the week tessa you're in the hot seat i have a win yay so this week i hosted my very first like having another couple over for a dinner party i mean i feel like it's kind of like partly a fail because 
I did make the guests bring the like main. <laughs> oh no! <meat> what? <laughs> well, I really aren't you get, supposed to say don't bring a thing? I get. Well, I said to them like you can come over, but it'll be a vegetarian dish because I get creeped out cooking meat. meat. Right. They were like, we'll bring the meat, and you just do like the sides, like dessert. So I did a nice salad, and I did a dessert. When I say did a dessert, I bought a dessert, <laughs> and I made the salad though. Originally, I was planning on buying the salad, and I was like, no, make the salad. Solid, saved the money. All went down swimmingly, I will say. Nailed it. Yeah, I feel like it was very adult and... Yeah, I just like feel so grown up and so like accomplished. <laughs> that is exciting. I love having dinner parties. But what have you got for me? We set up our chimney and lit our first fire in our home. Oh, I saw this on Insta stories. Yes. It looks so nice and the weather is getting so cold. I know. Well, one of my favorite features about our house is that it has a chimney. And so I've been so excited for winter to actually kick in and winter is coming. get an opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Game of Thrones. Um, But my dad is also an absolute gem. He found us all the tools on Marketplace and helped us get it all set up with the essentials so that we didn't burn the place down. (laughs) My favorite part about camping is actually roasting marshmallows on the fire. So now I can just roast marshmallows whenever I want. Okay, I have something that you need to try. It's something that my family has developed or coined. (laughs) I think we should trademark it really. Okay. It's called a s'moreo. So it's like a small, but with Oreos. So you like break the Oreo apart and put the marshmallow in, like the toasted marshmallow in the middle and then you eat it. And it's so good. So good. Interesting. Wait, toasted marshmallow. How do you toast it? So like you toast the marshmallow on a stick and then you pull it out of the fire and you... You have to do it on a fire. Right. So our listeners that have a chimney like me could maybe try this out at home. They could. I've never tried it on like an inside a house fire only on like a camping fire but i'm sure it works the same right yeah Yeah. they're a 10 out of 10 would recommend Mm, i'll have to let you know so as we mentioned in our intro we are going to talk about our travel stories this week we asked you guys to also send us through some questions so we're going to go through those now and we haven't seen each other's answers we don't know what each other's going to say so I feel like this is just going to be a fun chat yeah I'm really excited should we get um all aboard the question train yeah. or the question plane <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> that was so lame <laughs> let's just disregard that (laughs) okay so let's just set the scene so where have you traveled overseas um or in australia overseas i've been to does australia count (laughs) if i count australia i've been to 20 countries and i like that round number but anyway okay go ahead so my first ever overseas trip was when we were in grade eight so 2008 and that was to new zealand and then we did in 2009 we did vietnam and malaysia and then 2010 we did china and cambodia these are all with my family by Mm -hmm. the way and then in 2003 13 my family did Singapore and that was our last ever family holiday that we've ever had other than to the farm in 2014 I did my first Europe trip on my gap year and I did France 
Germany, Greece and Croatia and Austria. And then I came home for a little bit and then I went and lived in Austria. When I was in Austria, I went to Spain and then I came home and then I did exchange in America. So did that while I was there. I went to the Bahamas. So that was another one. And then I came home and then I went by myself to work in England, so the UK. While I was there, I went to Italy, so that's that one. And then I did a Kentucky and did Mexico, Belize and Guatemala. Yeah, it's so lucky that you were living in those places and could do little mini holidays. Yes, just like pop over to different places. I feel like I could have done more though, given the chance, but budget was not not there for me. Big restriction. And then within Australia, I actually don't think I've done that much of Australia. I've done like Brisbane, obviously, and like the Golden Sunshine Coast. But then I think I've only done Sydney, Melbourne, Hobart, Darwin and Cairns. That's still pretty good. Yeah, yeah. But how about you? I have actually been to 20 countries as well including Australia oh my gosh that's pretty funny I feel like we're so privileged and lucky to have been able to do that okay so where are those overseas places okay so my first overseas trip was Vietnam Cambodia and Thailand with my family in 2005 then we did another family trip to New Zealand in 2007 and then first Europe trip Um, I did France, Italy, Spain, Switzerland, Greece and Austria and then I took a gap period from uni, went to work up north like North Queensland on a cruise ship around the Great Barrier Reef out of Cairns and then I also worked on an island called Haggerston which you get to by transferring through Cairns and Weipa and then I did a second Europe trip in 2016 so Italy, Croatia, UK, France, Amsterdam, Berlin and stop offs in China. And then I've also done Fiji and Bali twice. (laughs) And then my most recent one was Singapore and Japan in 2019-20. So just before the pandemic took over. And then within Australia, there's, yeah, not too much, but a few cities. So like Perth and Bustleton, Melbourne, Sydney, Adelaide and Country Adelaide. And then I did a road trip with my parents up the Queensland coastline from Brisbane to Cairns. Cool. Which was, yeah, we visited most towns along the coastline you've done heaps of australia yeah like a lot of queensland with my family but yeah like you said super privileged to have gone to so many different places it's definitely been a priority for both you and i I think yeah we love traveling okay so with all of this traveling then why did you do it like you said it's a priority for both of us so yeah was it something you planned or did something spark the trip was it lizzie mcguire movie (laughs) inspo (laughs) um well my travel journey started off with my family like i said Um, trip to East Asia I remember my excitement being in Brisbane's international airport for the very first time (laughs) I was wearing a velour tracksuit set oh my gosh stop it did it say (laughs) juicy on the butt (laughs) oh it said something on the butt I can't remember thanks mom I love that you remember what you were wearing well because the photos I remember we took so many photos in the airport (laughs) (laughs) just a little photo shoot very exciting yes in these cases it was all planned by my mom and dad like they luckily decided to bring me and my brother um but we didn't request the location or anything like that but I'd always wanted to go to Europe which was why it was my first choice when I was old enough and had saved enough money to go somewhere without my parents and then I loved it so much and had so much fun that I had to go back again (laughs) and would definitely go back again if I could it's just not an option at the moment my first Europe trip wasn't exactly planned though Um, I knew I wanted to go there but the timing of it was pretty spontaneous I'd just gone through a pretty savage breakup with a boyfriend 
someone who stayed at a college at my university. So I just like could not bear the thought of seeing him around campus and just wanted to get out of Brisbane and kind of prove to him and myself that I was independent and not being with him didn't phase me, even though it phased me a lot. Oh my gosh, I feel like you're talking about me. (laughs) (laughs) And so there was this travel agent office on campus and I walked past a sign about like a sale that they pretty much always have. (laughs) And I was like, it's a sign and booked it that afternoon. Safe to say my parents were like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) I will just like never forget the almond croissant I had in Paris. Like honestly, (laughs) the best thing I have ever tasted to this day. But that's been one of the most important things about traveling for me, like being able to reground myself in what's important and put things into perspective. Like I think it's so easy to get caught up in work and your routine. And for me personally, breaking that routine occasionally to travel is a way of putting things into perspective like realizing that the breakup would pass and I would be okay and that there's so much joy you can find in even the little things if you're open to it okay but why why did you go traveling so I've like always said that I feel like travel's just in my blood like my dad works in the tourism industry which is why I got to do so many of those family trips like we went with him while he was on a work trip oh yes um and like up until having my nephew my sister worked in tourism as well or in the travel industry so I feel like my dad my sister and I have just always been like keen travelers always had the travel Travel bug bug. yeah I don't think that well I think I was exposed to it from a really young age with dad always going on trips and so I always like saw him do like the packing and the going away and I mean it helped that he usually brought home little gifts especially if he missed (laughs) a birthday we got (laughs) we got the compensation sorry (laughs) gifts and so it just like we collected I'd collected so many things from so many different places over the years so then I when it came to like when I could pick where to travel and what to do I was like well I want to go and see all these places that my dad's brought me like stuff back from and so I think that kind of like is the biggest thing that sparked it but then also kind of lost that spark a little bit until like I said similar to you I went through a savage breakup also couldn't think of anything worse than going back to uni not because he was at my campus but because I just was not in the mindset where I could study like Like, focus yeah I already performed really poorly in one semester because of this I didn't want to just like go to uni for the sake of it I didn't even know if I wanted to be at uni reconsidering everything 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 I was like what is my existence without this other person you know oh my god yes this is really bad but I think in some ways I I kind of wanted to go in spite of him because he thought he could have just like locked me in Brisbane forever and like I wanted to prove that I was my own person and that I yes and that I could do my own thing and that I wasn't relying on him for everything I think it's interesting because saying that like the first trip to Europe was like after I'd had my heart broken Mm. America was the same after I had my heart broken and I think like both times I was like I'm going overseas to like find myself like to yeah. figure out who I am and to like get in touch with me that definitely doesn't happen well it didn't happen for me and I tried multiple times for it to happen no. and it never did so I'm just gonna say that's not how you find yourself so now I've started saying I'm constantly finding myself just to lose myself again that's the motto yeah, I live I love by that. <laughs> I always got a tattoo when I was in Europe the first time 
that said not all those who wander are lost like oh, wonder yeah it's literally a line from um lord of the rings oh is it yeah and, which is <laughs> like not on my radar at all i've never properly watched those movies so thank god i didn't do that so i feel like they all kind of dominoed on from mm. each other but it definitely has been driven i'd say by my dad so with all of these places that we have mentioned one of our listeners wants to know where is your favorite place you've ever been and why oh my god this is too hard like i actually have struggled to answer this so really i can answer it in really where was yours a millisecond new york okay 100 percent. i am made for New York there's just the vibe and the atmosphere I knew that New York was going to be my place before I even visited New York and so then when I did visit it I was like yep it was just a gut feeling from forever that New York was going to be my happy place and yeah there's just something magical about it like I think it helped that I was there with just my mom and mom and I really similar and like to do similar things and it was Christmas time so it was beautiful and it like it snowed the first day we were there it just like couldn't have been more a more of a perfect trip it's interesting like new york and like america hasn't been high on my list yeah that's but it's interesting hearing like you so passionate about it like it does make me want to you should give it honestly i'm so passionate about it it's just new york want to go back always will have a special place in my heart well I literally couldn't answer this question (laughs) I've answered it with like this and this and this oh wait and this one (laughs) so I'm sorry to that listener but you're not getting a straight answer so I loved Japan and Bali because they were my big friend group trips so like I went with a big group of people and I have so many fun memories with those people so they were like kind of like I guess the, the trips with like the most funny like memories yeah I feel like you've taken a completely different yeah approach to this question well because the place itself kind of is made for me in my head by the memories that I made there yeah that's that's Um, really fair but in regards to food coming back to food so France 100% for the croissants and cheese Greece for the euros and saganaki oh my gosh I'm probably not saying that right butchered that Italy for the pizza like Italian pizza has got to be my favorite food ever I also loved Florence because it was such a small beautiful town with the cobblestone like the architecture in that city is so beautiful and there is this restaurant there called Pizzeria Vesuvio, where I had the best pizza of my life Um, you're still dreaming about it 100% it's actually where the Jersey Shore cast worked in the 2011 season fun fact um and we got takeaway we went and sat on the Ponte Vecchio and it was just such a beautiful night I also loved New Zealand for like all the thrill activities like that's where I bungee jumped which is something I will never forget oh my gosh that's terrifying I could not feel so (laughs) brave (laughs) and I also just like I loved working up far north and exploring so much of Australia's reef like This is why it's so hard. I love Switzerland because of the beauty. Like I've never been somewhere more green before. So I don't know. I just feel like you can love a different place for a different reason. There wasn't one real standout for me which ticked every single box because I couldn't compare it to other places which also stood out. That's because you've not been to New York. (laughs) (laughs) No. And then it will change your mind. Actually, what I was going to say is like the reason I loved Florence so much is because it's a small city. Like everywhere where I've been, I've always preferred 
the smaller cities to the main ones. Like in Japan recently, when we were there, I way preferred like Kyoto um, or Hakuba over Tokyo and stuff like that. You like to go off the beaten track. Yeah, I don't like the big cities. So maybe that's Mm. how we're different. Maybe. I think it's interesting because I do get where you're coming from. Like Mm. South Carolina, where I studied on exchange, that's always going to be like hold so many memories yeah. to the point though that I don't want to go back because I'm scared that it's not going to be the same yeah, it's not going like, to live up sometimes to, sometimes yeah. feel that and then I also loved Greece but I feel like I need to do it a second time and not be drunk the entire time because we were on a party <laughs> like a party tour but you love it for those memories right yeah yeah I do mm. but I would like to go back and like appreciate it in a different way like yeah. go slow and like really take in the beauty of it all I agree with that I think if yeah. I went back today it would be a very different very different because my body can't keep up <laughs> oh my gosh no <laughs> but also like yeah like Positano was really special because it's the first like holiday JJ and I took other yeah. than him being in London with me so I do get where you're coming from but yeah I'm just not gonna ever get past but that's good you have a standout okay so all of this travel you've done here's the scenario kind of like desert island vibes (laughs) if you could only take five things non-negotiables what would they be like to pack do I need to say clothes like Um, is that counted or like can I just pass over that because I think you need to just assume that because I didn't put clothes down and (laughs) we were both be naked (laughs) So we're assuming we have clothes. (laughs) Okay, wait. But also skincare. (laughs) No, that has to be a separate. No, I literally could not travel with just five items because my skincare routine is over five items. Oh, God. I'll come back to that. So, yes, really hard to narrow down into just five. Not happy with the listener that asked this question. But, okay, starting off medicine. So, as in, like, Panadol and anti-inflammes. I always forget this and I found oh. myself terribly trying to explain in another language on multiple occasions to help me with getting medicine. Um, I also have this really unfortunate habit of getting sick on holidays. So every, every major holiday I've ended up either like on medicine from a pharmacy um, or in a hospital. <laughs> so thank God for travel insurance. It's probably just because I push my body and want to fit so much into every day and wear myself down. So yes, having medicine is key and maybe having something like armor force or something like that to keep up throughout the trip to actually avoid getting sick. I tell you what, I had this on my list yeah. too. I literally travel with a pharmacy. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> You're so smart. I'm I, so bad. That's because I've gotten so sick on trips before and I Yeah, but so am I you think I'd learn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I yeah, not only travel with pain meds, but I also take like a general antibiotic. I take things for food poisoning. Yeah. I take the whole kit and caboodle. <laughs> oh my God, can I travel with you? You can if you like. <laughs> uh, but anything you can think of, I will have packed. But it also means that half my luggage is usually taken up by Mm. medicine but it's so worth it because when you actually need it you need it like I was so ill in Croatia I got tonsillitis which turned into glandular fever that's another story (laughs) but I luckily had antibiotics that my doctor had given me so I could start antibiotics straight away yeah and then I had to do a like I went had to yeah I went to a Croatian hospital and got a second round of antibiotics (laughs) and I then was Okay, but I also think that like you're you're right. One, you get run down because you're trying to fit so much in. Yeah. But also the flights over. You're in an. I know I'm sure they're sanitary, but you're in an enclosed space with a lot of people and not fresh air, and like going through airports and just traveling in general in all the touristy areas. 
it's a lot of germs. Yeah. So, of course, you're going to get sick. What's number two for you? Okay, number two for me was an umbrella or a poncho. So Very practical of you, Britt. I have had to buy one so many times. <laughs> this is all things that have happened to me that I should learn from and I don't. So you never like are considering potential bad weather when you're packing. Like, I don't know about you, but I'm always like, it'll be perfect days every day when we have bad weather. <laughs> and so we've had to buy umbrellas. And there's been a few times where you're so desperate. There's only the like large umbrellas, not oh, a, the big a boys. collapsible one. <laughs> yep. And so then you've stuck with this massive umbrella for the rest of the trip. Rookie era, yeah. I always take an umbrella. Okay, fine. Smarter <laughs> than me. So the next one on my list, I'm really exposing myself here <laughs> to the listeners. You're about to find out a little bit more about me than you probably wanted to know. But I still, at the ripe old age of 26, <laughs> sleep with a teddy bear. Oh <laughs> His name is Bruin. <laughs> Such a nice name. <laughs> my grand named him, so it's like sentimental. Bruin is the best travelled teddy. He is the I've best. I've ever heard of. <laughs> he's the best. And so he's come, he's well travelled, that teddy yeah. bear. Let me tell you, he's been everywhere I've been. You Plus, should take photos. You should do like the gnome. <laughs> <laughs> With you no, too. <laughs> uh, he's too precious to take out of the uh, out of the hostel because he. So but his you're little in a hostel. Hostels I, are not safe. Oh no, for teddy I bears. I put him back in my bag and I lock my bag and chain my bag to the bed. Like okay. he cannot go anywhere. He also only comes in my hand luggage with me so that he doesn't accidentally get lost in transit. He's very sentimental. So my yeah. grand gave him to my mum for my mum's twenty first birthday, and she's had him. Since she was 21 and then when I was really little, I stole him. him. No, I didn't. She didn't give him to me. I stole him and then ended up sleeping with him every night. And now I physically can't. And you have been holding Bruin hostage for 26 years. I I have. I physically can't sleep without him like to the point where I won't sleep if he's not in my arms. And if he rolls out of my arms in the middle of the night, I'll wake up. Okay, moving on. Another one on my list was Hydrolite. So you can probably buy this wherever you're actually traveling to, but I have found that sometimes the language can be a barrier um, and I have definitely needed this on trips. Like if you're drinking and moving around a lot, you can just forget to drink water and get really dehydrated, which then kind of adds back into that, like being hospitalized. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's good to have on hand. Yeah. And, and yeah, sometimes because there's different things in different countries that are like the tablets you drop in water, like it could be... Aspirin. Yeah, like it could be a bunch of different things. And if it's a language that you can't read, <laughs> you don't want to yeah. buy the wrong thing. This is true. What okay. else did you have? Next on my list, <laughs> I'm really focusing on the bedroom, aren't I? Um, is <laughs> my pillow. <laughs> what? I don't no. travel without my pillow. What? I. How do you fit this in your bag? You can carry it separately and it doesn't count as an extra um, piece of hand luggage. You are a psycho. Yep. Yeah, I am. It also means if your luggage is too heavy, you can stuff stuff in your pillow. I know what you mean. Like it sucks when you get to a accommodation and you have a shit pillow and then your next cooked for the next day but yes I just see my issue that is, is something I can compromise on <laughs> no see I sleep on like a special pillow because my neck can get so bad that I get migraines and oh. if I get a migraine and I like I can't you're out yeah I'm out yeah. and so and like say I get a migraine at the start of the holiday because I sleep funny on a weird pillow you're without done. a physio I'm done like there's nothing <laughs> tapping out do. okay what's next I'm going to count this as one, even though it's 
too. But comfy, closed in and open shoes. Um, I have found that when I go on holidays, I am constantly walking because, you know, you have a pair of shoes that you think are comfy, but then when you're walking around for them in extended periods of time they actually aren't and they give you blisters or um and open as well because you don't always want to have um a closed in shoe your feet feel so gross from wearing closed in shoes all the time yeah I always find that that is a good one and I'm regretting not putting that one on my list to be honest my next no shoes for you no shoes for me my next one is lip balm I cannot like poor poor ointment cannot live without it but I could buy that over there but are we saying you can buy extra things oh, over there? Are we on a desert island or are we traveling? Well, we're traveling, but <laughs> tight budgets, you know. <laughs> so mine would be like, yeah, multi-purpose, like purple ointment because you like can put that quality. on like, yep, you can put that on like dry skin. You mm. can put it on cracked lips. You can mm. put it on all the good things, I guess. All I don't the know. crusty crusts. I, mm. That's one thing I carry with me like everywhere. <laughs> okay, my last one is a handbag with a zip. So Ooh, yeah, good one. I have also made this mistake. I've gone with like just a bucket type bag where it doesn't have a zip and then good way to get stuff stolen. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. So being in some cities in Europe, especially where pickpocketing is common, you just want to know that your things are safe and not be worried about that and just, you know, be able to enjoy yourself and what you're actually doing. Plus also when you're on planes, if your bag falls over and all your things roll down the plane. <laughs> like your tampon rolling down time. the aisle. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you don't want to be that person <laughs> climbing under people's chairs. It's been me. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> what was your last one? My phone. Oh, stop it. I it didn't even. Be. Yeah. I want to be able to like look things up on the fly. Yeah, yeah. Like I usually get a SIM card when I get there or have a travel SIM card so that if there's any emergency. Add that as a bonus. Well, then I'm doing comfy <laughs> shoes as a bonus. <laughs> Fine, you can throw in some shoes. Okay, so that was all the essential things, but let's talk like what's the dumbest thing that you packed and swore that you would use, but it never left your suitcase. I'm keen to see what you had down for this one, but mine is nail polish and like nail polish remover. Yes. I always pack it and I'm like, yes, I'm going to have so (laughs) much time to keep my nails looking fresh, like on fleek, give myself like a little manicure absolutely not when you're traveling you're exhausted like sometimes I get back and I need a holiday from my holiday like Mm. it's really high pace I don't have time to paint my nails I don't have time to like change them up so I always I never learn I always pack nail polish and nail polish remover so silly so that's my one what about you I just on that I have done that before like bought a bunch of OPI that was on like good price in um duty free oh yeah so I bought three different nail polishes and a nail polish remover in duty free and then <laughs> carried around my entire euro trip think Did about I pay what my nails once <laughs> no I could I have bought the duty free nail polish on my way back in yes think about that weight limit those kgs <laughs> Brittany. <laughs> and i'm pretty sure one of them spilt in my bag too so Ooh, not a vibe that is not a vibe okay so I always pack a pair of heels Oh, okay. And I never wear them. Like, especially from the locations I've gone, like Europe and stuff, like people just, also maybe because I was going to clubs and partying (laughs) a lot. But they don't really wear heels. No, no one really. And especially like cobblestones. Cobblestones, lots of walking. 
you're just not gonna wear heels like realistically I have never wanted to wear heels out when I've gone mm. traveling but I always pack a pair which is so mm. dumb well there we have it boys and girls and everybody else don't pack heels or nail polish and nail polish remover you heard it here first you are welcome <laughs> okay we're gonna go on a completely different tangent so one listener really wanted to know What's the time that we thought we were most likely going to die? So this was my first Europe trip. I was 19 years old and my parents had actually decided to go on a Europe trip at the same time as me. They had planned it first. I was the spontaneous mm-hmm. one. And so they weren't... Wait, that's why they were so like, what the hell, when you bought yeah. it? <laughs> they were like, don't steal our idea. <laughs> Stop crashing our holiday. So it actually coincided that when I, my first stop was Paris and I landed and they were there for one night before they then left and I went on to this tour that I was on. So I landed in Paris and the plan was for me to go from um, the airport to them Mm -hmm. spend the night with them do some stuff and then they'd um help me get to like the other side of Paris where I needed to meet my tour group and so (laughs) also they made me watch Taken the night before leaving (laughs) that (laughs) traveling solo (laughs) scary idea so I got I landed in Paris and I went and lined up for my taxi and um, I got in my taxi and I told him where I was going and off we go and then we're on like not even that far out from the airport the taxi driver stops oh and this is a dingy cab by the way like the one of the windows was down and I couldn't put it up and he couldn't understand me apparently and I was just like "Uh, whatever and so we pull over and he's like my car's not working and I was like what do you mean like we were just driving what's happened all of a sudden like I didn't hear anything break in the car and then he's out outside the car on his phone calling people and I'm like I'm literally about to be taken right now. (laughs) This is what happens in the movie. I'm going to die. I'm never going to make it to my parents. I have no way of telling them because I didn't have an international sim or anything. It was just like me getting to them with the... Terrifying. Yeah, in in a dead zone. And then this like um, tinted out glass limo pulls up in front of the taxi. And I was like... Yep, legit, I'm, I'm about to die. Like, I'm going to be taken. <laughs> this is it for me. <laughs> yeah. And this taxi driver um, gets out and he has like dark shades on and a suit and he's like, you're coming with me now? And I was like, oh, no, I'm not. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> who are you? I was like, I just want to go to my location. And he was like, no, no, I'll, I'll take you there. And I was like, what the hell? Like, I'm not just going to trust this guy, like this limo driver. I have no idea who's in the limo. Stranger danger. in my head. And yeah, anyway, I didn't really have a choice though. The taxi driver was like, no, no, we've organized this. And I was like, it just keeps getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> like, was this planned from the beginning? <laughs> I was so confused. And I, but I was like, I literally have no choice. Like they're both telling me that I have to get out of the cab. The ca- like, cab driver had put my bag, my suitcase into the limo's boot. And I was like, well, okay, um, it's, we're going. So I, I got in the limo. It was fine. There was no one in there. No crazy man with a sack about to throw it over my head. And off we go in this limo. And he, he, the taxi driver had told him where I was going. Mm-hmm. So, but he spoke perfect English. And so we could communicate easily. And he was like, oh no, like I, I drive a limo for a living. Um, I'm at a break between um, gig trips. And I just saw that the taxi driver had pulled over. So we've split the bill like that you've agreed to, like the agreed price. So by this time, so my plane had been delayed already. And then by the time I waited in the line for the taxi, got in the taxi, then was on the side of the road for like 
10 minutes or whatever. Were your parents freaking <laughs> My out? My parents were freaking out because we had an agreed time and I was already like pushing like two hours late. So they're mm. like, you, if you can just imagine my parents on the side of the road, like looking around at every t- like cab that stops and I could see them <laughs> as I was coming down and they were just like frantically looking, poor, my poor Aww, parents. Their hearts. And it was getting dark too by this stage. Um, and I was like, oh, that's, that's like the, <laughs> the people that I'm meeting so can you just pull up in front of them so they're standing mm. on the side of the street this, this limo, limo <laughs> this limo pulls up and I put down the window and just like wave at them and they're like what the hell like because they also were supposed to be paying for my and they're like ride. what and have they're you like, done we told you to get a taxi for this price and you've gone and got in a limo like <laughs> what the hell and where have you been anyway I was like please tip him super lovely guy and yeah it was just a real weird start to my first year <laughs> on my own yes that was my story definitely thought I was gonna die <laughs> what about you so I think it's this is funny because our stories are very very similar so my biggest time that I thought I was going to die was in Croatia. Also my first Europe trip, but I was with a friend. So at least I wasn't like completely solo. But yeah, we flew into Split. It was really late at night. We couldn't find where the taxis were, like anywhere. There was no sign of them. And so we asked this guy who was like the only person around, um, like where the taxis were. And he was like, come with me. Like, I'll just lead you to like where the taxis are. And so we were like a bit hesitant, like strange danger, like we said before, bit weird of a situation, like it was really dark. So we're kind of following this guy, but keeping our distance. And then he was like, here's my car. I'm the taxi. And this was like a big black van. So we're like, oh, you're not a taxi. We want like a like registered taxi. Like we want a proper taxi. And he was like, no, no, no you're riding with me like I'm the taxi and <laughs> no we're, we're not like, gonna ride we're with not, you <laughs> yeah yeah we're like we're not riding with you like this is we're gonna die <laughs> again we thought this was a taken situation we're like this is the end for us if we get in this car but he grabbed our bags off us and put them in the boot of his car like forced them off us and so we like had to choose whether or not we say goodbye to the suitcase yep, or say goodbye to our luggage or take the chance of getting taken and like <laughs> you have a sack thrown over our heads and so it was terrifying right but like another random family turned up to get in this van as well and we like agreed okay we'll go with you but we need to get dropped off first so we're never alone in the car with you yeah. and one of us has to sit in the front so that we're like close to the handbrake if we need to be good plan that was the plan but guess what that didn't happen oh. <laughs> so we're like driving and I was feeling a bit at that point like a bit iffy so I had an international sim and I like called my dad to get him to check his texts and they were on like high alert because they knew I was in transit at that point and my dad's on the phone being like can you tell me this can you tell me that and I'm like not really like can't really talk about it um and so he was like can you just discreetly take photos of him take photos of the car photos of the dashboard everything yep. and send them to me so that like if anything were to happen He's my parents could identify yeah, him that's super smart yeah really smart that's like taken. dad for the win literally yeah that's like taking <laughs> he's taken notes on that movie yeah but also the thing that like added an extra layer of complication to this is that at first he was speaking english with us and then he was like nope no english can't speak english what 
And so then he switched to German and I was like, okay, I know know a fair bit of German. So I was like, that's fine. I'll speak to you in German. And then he was like, oh, no, no, no German. And then changed to a different language that I didn't understand. And so that made us even more skeptical of the whole situation. Super sketchy. Yeah. And so then we, when we got to the like family's place, I had to get out for them to get out. And the lady, obviously, like the mum, obviously knew that we were freaking out. And so she like grabbed me and was like, don't worry, this is happens all the time in Croatia. Like he'll take you where you need to go. And so that definitely like relieved us a little bit, but I was still terrified. And I was like, this is the end for me. (laughs) I'm going to die. I knew that this was going to happen. Like everyone told me that (laughs) not to get in cars with strangers. And this (laughs) is exactly what I've done. But I just don't know what you're supposed to do in that situation. Like, do you just literally say, see ya to your luggage? Like, I don't know what else to do. Do you want to go through some of your top travel tips? Yeah, why not? Well, yeah, like hot tip, always like use the maps to route things before you leave Wi-Fi if you don't have an international SIM. Although I like for safety would definitely recommend getting an international SIM card. Like they're so cheap these days. When I went on my first Europe trip, I think they were more expensive, but these days they're pretty cheap. Mm. And especially if you have a habit like me of getting lost, (laughs) very handy. Also SIMs, like when you get to the country, those SIMs are really cheap, but I think it's hard when you're like moving lots of countries. I don't know, my travel insurance... I always go with Covermore and they send you a free international SIM, which is game changer. That's a hot tip. Yeah, hot tip. Um, Also, like with helping yourself to like get unlost or whatever, I was going to say like download the apps that help you translate things. There's ones that photo translate or speak translate. So you can like talk into it and it translates you to whatever language you need it to. Or if you can take photos of something and it translates that, which was super helpful in Japan for me on the ski fields when you don't know what a sign means and Mm -hmm. like for example that a run says danger hazardous do not enter (laughs) probs it's pretty crucial that you don't go down that route yes I would agree and yes those ones are super helpful like translating the back of medicine um as I said in the before mentioned situations like same with the speaking one I used those to help communicate the medicine I needed or if I needed direction somewhere or a bathroom definitely like emergency situations <laughs> um and my other tip would be like do your research about like local local blogs and uh, instagram pages and stuff like that for like activities and restaurants that are off the radar of the major photo s- locations yeah <laughs> yeah well and like major like off the radar of major tourist sites because yeah. hidden gems yeah if you just type into google like restaurant paris or whatever like it's just gonna come up with all the major tourist spots and, and they're expensive expensive definitely overpriced and also like super busy and like not really like authentic food mm-hmm. So I would definitely do that. You'll love this last one, but make sure you carry a water bottle and stay hydrated. (laughs) That's one of my tips too. (laughs) But I had slightly different um, or more detailed, you could say. Okay. So my hottest tip for the whole water bottle thing is, you know how you can't like take in like water through security and stuff. So I always travel in my hand luggage with an empty water yep. bottle yep. and then when you get to like the gate usually there are fountains and you can fill it up and then drink just, it yeah just yep. because I can't be under the beck and call of um 
flight attendants when I need water. And they give you a tiny cup. Yeah, because your girl drinks a lot of water. <laughs> I need as much as I can get. And so that's my tip. And then you can just like, if, if you're in a place where you, you can drink the tap water, it means that you can just fill up yeah. as you go instead of like buying. Like two litre water all the time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So another one I have with... <laughs> relations to my pillow is if you do take a pillow like me um and this works for just like if you're going away for anything are you gonna say take your silk pillowcase no (laughs) (laughs) i do that (laughs) i double pillowcase so whatever i put one pillowcase on and that's what i'll sleep on and then a pillowcase on top that gets dirty so that in transit that top pillowcase can sit on the floor or like rest on your bag or get all gross and germy and then you're Uh. not sleeping directly on that pillow so then I just like take that pillowcase off and there's a fresh one underneath and then when I go to travel again I just put Put that pillowcase on yeah smart yeah I like that one another one I have is if you're traveling with someone like split up big items like say for example, oh, yeah, like for if sure. someone brings a hair straightener, you yeah. bring a hair curler. If someone brings, like you only need one thing of toothpaste between yeah. the two of you, things like that. You only so you're need not... one toothbrush. <laughs> I don't know what gotcha. you and Lucky do. But <laughs> Just kidding. And then I already mentioned like taking a lock with you. Mm-hmm. And so if you're staying in rooms with other people that you don't know, or even just like for security reasons, I mm. always um, like take one of those big long chain locks, kind of not chain, Anyway, it's, like, it's a like a little tiny, like thin, but really strong fiber. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I always like chain it to the bottom of the bed frame or anything like that. That is like definitely useful if you're, yeah, staying in like hostels or whatever. Just yep. safety. Don't safety really matters. Yep. I have heard of that happening to people. Yep. And another safety thing is I always like divide up my, like I always take two cards and I'll have like a, a few things of cash and I just like divide them up between different spots in my luggage so that if it's one lock gets stolen mm. I still have backups and spares of others mm. I feel like they're my main tips obviously make a packing list that's very extensive yeah and that generic stuff but those I, I tried to think of ones that were like yeah a bit more unique yeah I like that mm. actually one that my godmother told me and I definitely have found useful I haven't stuck to it but when you're packing your bag, you like roll your clothes oh, yep. instead of folding them flat. Yeah, yep. so that you don't get as many creases or whatever. It works. I feel like I do that at the start and it's all perfect. <laughs> and then like a few days into the holiday, I just give up. <laughs> so for an article I wrote for Kentucky, actually, I did like how to like pack the most efficiently oh, and rolling clothes was one of them. You should link that. We'll link that in the episode notes. Yeah, if I can go back and find it, but I'm sure I will be able to. Okay, so we've packed efficiently. Let's talk about preferred modes of travel. So do you prefer traveling solo or with your partner or with friends or on a tour group? What's um, what's your preference? I think it differs depending on what the experience you're looking for is. I yeah. also think that as I've gotten older that's changed like as I've gotten a partner to travel with obviously that adds a different layer of complexity so maybe I'll start with like what I definitely don't like doing I've I really dislike solo traveling I've done it a few times it's just not something I enjoy so Mm -hmm. yeah I'm glad that I've done solo travel would I choose to do it again probably not love traveling with my friends but I've never traveled in like a big group of friends so that's something that I'd still really like to do I've only ever traveled with like one friend and then on a tour group yeah 
don't think I can do a two group again, as we mentioned before. It's a lot of alcohol. My liver just could not yeah. keep up. But I would like to do more travel with JJ as well. So I think like, I don't know if it's preferred, but what I'd like to do more of is travel with JJ and travel with like my bigger extended group of friends. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of where I took that question. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I have done all of these formats and I think that they are good for different reasons. So yeah, I did do a little bit by myself and I did, I did actually enjoy it. Because like I could do whatever I wanted and I also felt like I was definitely more in the moment like taking in the culture and the experience because I wasn't, you know, like distracted by conversations with friends or mm. whatever. For like So for like the historical and like cultural parts of it, like I did really enjoy being solo. But I also loved experiencing everything with friends. Having those memories together is so special and same with my partner, like traveling with Lockie definitely made our relationship so much stronger thank god because <laughs> I feel like it can be something which breaks a lot of relationships yeah you could come back hating each other yeah but I agree I think like you have someone to ex- like share those experiences with yeah well like I had always said that I needed to travel with my partner before getting into all the serious stuff like buying a dog and house and getting married and stuff because traveling undoubtedly has some high pressure situations (laughs) where you need to like make sure that your partner has your back and you know like that you're going to support each other through those really stressful situations like work as a team so such as when you need to go to hospital (laughs) (laughs) yes lucky took me to hospital oh god and like all the times we were trying to like catch transport and we're running through you know train systems Mm. like when you're tired and yeah fuses can run short when you're traveling yeah um but I and I think like traveling with a tour group is good if you're unfamiliar with traveling. Mm-hmm. Like for me, it was a good first option. Like when it was my first trip overseas on my own because I was still quite young and had never been yeah overseas by myself. Um, however, I don't think I would do it again. Just like like the format of it wasn't for me. So. I know you touched on there being a lot of drinking and it's hard for your liver and stuff, but like everything is organized for you, which can suit a lot of people. AKA me, I hate making decisions. <laughs> for me, I, you know, one of my favorite parts about traveling is getting to choose what to do and seeing what you can discover along the way. Like I don't like having every second planned out in an itinerary and mm-hmm. being told to wake up when I want to sleep. And like Yeah, it is exhausting. <laughs> they're so like sometimes if they're really structured and packed it to fit in like way more than comfortably possible in the time allocated, it's just too much. Well, yeah, I think like you said, I think all of these things, it just depends like what kind of experience you're looking for and what you're hoping to get out of it. Yeah. Okay. So having said that, when the world opens up, where is the first place on your bucket list to go? So this has been on my bucket list for so long. The top of my bucket list is Turkey, specifically, oh, yes. yeah, specifically Cappadocia. I hope okay. I'm saying that right. Cappadocia, I'm fairly certain. To watch their hot air balloons at dawn. Have you seen pictures yes, of it? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So Cappadocia is like this little town in Turkey and all the buildings look like, kind of like they're from a fairy tale. Like yeah. It's, it's like all the famous pictures of the hot air balloons in yep. Turkey, right? Like yep. if you Google Turkey hot air balloons, I'm pretty That's sure it'll, it'll come up. up. Yeah. Yep. And I don't know, some of the like buildings look like those drip sand castles you used yeah, to make. Do you yeah. remember those? And I just think it's just such 
a magical spot and mm. I really enjoy hot air ballooning so yeah, I'd love like I was to gonna say you've been hot air yeah, ballooning too it was one of the best experiences so I'd really like to do hot air ballooning there but I also just want to sit and watch the hot air balloons go up around the, the city. city it's just uh, it, I literally just got goosebumps thinking about it yeah. I'm so desperate to go and do it and so I'm hoping maybe girl can dream that I can do it for my 30th birthday but oh that would be special yeah well fingers crossed that international travels allowed by that point yes but how about you for me it's got to be another winter holiday so I would definitely say Canada so Canada in winter so Lockie and I have been dreaming of another ski holiday after Japan and we actually bought all the gear too so we're just really keen to use it again make the most of your money yeah especially Lockie because he bought a snowboard during COVID when there was sales oh no unknowing of just how long international travel would be off the cards well New Zealand there's snow there there's snow in Australia too. I've been to New Zealand though, so I, yeah. wa- I really want to get to Canada. I also don't want to lose the progress that I made at skiing because Japan was my first time ever in the snow. And I'm hoping I'm not back to square one by the time I actually get back out there. Um, but yeah, and then like also I just really want to go, like you said, to Turkey um, and Madrid and Prague because I didn't get there on my Europe trips. And I really want to go back to Europe anyway with Lockie one day so he can experience it. Bending the rules. Mm. I have more than one place. I only I kept it to one. I don't think I've stuck to the rules on any of these <laughs> questions. I have Sorry. a whole bucket list of just places yeah. I want to go. Oh, dreaming. <laughs> okay, final question. What is one piece of advice you would give to someone looking to travel? So I think like this, what we would give as advice now, considering the climate of the world is mm. very different to what we might have given advice two years ago when traveling actually was a thing and could be like right now yeah so instead I would just say start saving and planning now and I said this similar to what we've talked about in previous episodes so when you're ready and the world's ready you don't have to start from scratch so yeah that way you've already got your dream trip planned out you've got enough money put aside for it so you can just hit go and I'd also just say try like we talked about the different modes of travel. So I would just say try different sorts and just see what works for you and what you like. I like what you said there. And I think it would be good to like think about what you want to do and stuff because it can be like a, a way of taking your mind off it and, yeah. you know, going to another place, even though you can't physically go there yet. A little escape yeah. inside your head. Exactly. <laughs> it's funny. My answer kind of contradicts yours. Oh. So mine is actually don't over plan. So think about where you want to go and yes, plan the basics. Um, Like obviously you want to have, you know, major accommodation um, booked, especially if you're going during peak times because you don't want to be unable to find somewhere to stay. But I would recommend like planning and booking most of your activities and that when you get there because for me anyway, I found there's a lot of things that I find out about once I'm there and like you want to have time in your itinerary for those spontaneous things and they're usually the most memorable well that's what I found anyway you definitely did contradict me there (laughs) and also contradict my way of traveling I'm such an itinerary girl I need to know like what I'm doing when but yeah it just shows how different we are and how different travel is
And finally, let's talk Adulting 101, our weekly resource or recommendation that we found helpful in navigating our 20s. Britt, what have you got for me? I'm going a bit rogue this week. Ooh, um, you're going rogue all episode. <laughs> I know. I'm rogue today. I'm sorry, everyone. You're but rogue and I'm cringe. <laughs> <laughs> I have an if you have a dog hack. So with Nala, we've been struggling to... Um, walk her so it's been really hard like she pulls a lot on the lead like as puppies do but you know like she's eight months now and we're just like really struggling to get her under control and we don't want you know we want to get her with good habits early type Mm -hmm. thing um and I've been trying to avoid the choker chain because she is still quite little and I don't want to hurt her and we have tried literally everything available at this point at Pet Barn (laughs) but we saw our friend on the weekend and they told us about the canny collar which they have for their dog who's a similar like working dog breed lots of energy and it basically like goes over their snout and then clips up behind their head. But like it's not a... Um, like a muzzle? It's not a muzzle. Okay. So they can still open their mouth. But oh, yep. it means that if they pull, it like just tugs their head down a little bit. And mm. if the dog, if if it moves their head, they like if their head's down, they don't walk forward type thing. Right. Interesting. So, yeah. I, I, I was like, surely this is not going to work. I can't like believe that something that simple would work. And we've literally tried everything else. Took her for a walk. Perfect. She was a dream. So I'm sorry this is a bit of an exclusive um, (laughs) resource. But if you have a dog who and you're struggling to get them under control in the lead, I definitely recommend getting the canny collar. That is an interesting resource. Not one I can relate to personally. (laughs) But I do hope that it keeps working for you. And I'll keep that in mind for when we get a dog. (laughs) What was yours this week? Um, So... Mine's a bit random and another thing that I found on TikTok. (laughs) Love this. TikTok is an endless resource. It is. It is. Maybe I should just recommend TikTok. (laughs) Um, But no, so it's not like a physical resource. So you can't go and buy this, but it's a pan cleaning hack, which has changed the game. So I don't know if you ever cook like, I don't know, like a stir fry or something with sauce and it gets like, can get burnt to the bottom of the pan or stick or like even eggs, anything. Yeah. And... I really struggled to clean them and you don't want to fully scratch at them because you don't want to scratch your pans and look at me coming with a kitchen cleaning hack and a cooking hack. I'm surprised by myself. (laughs) But yeah, so I saw this lady. thought that you would teach me something in the kitchen? (laughs) Well, you don't know if I'm teaching you something yet. You don't know what it is. True, continue. So whenever you go to clean up, what you do is you just like fill the pan with water from the sink and then put it back on the stove and turn the heat on and let it boil. And as the bubbles from the boiling happen, it literally lifts off. Release that stuff. Yeah, it literally lifts off all of the stuff stuck to the bottom of your pans. So I know that you can like, it's really well known to like soak your pans in hot water or whatever overnight yeah. to get that stuff off. But, but this bubbles. happens so quickly and it means that like, It even gets the stuff stuck on the sides because the steam rises up. You should then obviously clean it with soap, but you don't actually need to use soap because all of the mess can be lifted off without like any scrubbing, any soap, nothing, just with the bubbles. And isn't boiling water like a... A sterilizer? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. It comes off. so straightforward, but I've never thought of that before. I know. How come no one ever told me about this secret? Yeah. I'm definitely going to try that tonight when I get home. Please do. And now... You've all got this secret and hopefully it changes your life because it's changed mine. (laughs) Thank you so much for that recommendation.
Thank you for listening to another episode of Blooming. If you are enjoying our podcast, please hit subscribe in Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify. And if you're feeling really generous, you can leave us a rating or review. Also, if you want more from us, you know you can always come find us on Instagram at blooming.podcast and tag us in your stories to show us how you're listening to Blooming or using one of our adulting resources. I'd love to see you using the the cleaning pan hack. Yes, (laughs) if you give Tess's hack a go, please show us. And remember to DM us. We are always down for a chat. We want to hear your thoughts on this episode and what topics you'd like us to talk about in the future because this topic was one recommended by you and hopefully you enjoyed it. And don't forget to tune into our weekly Monday polls to join the conversation. Chat next week, buds. Bye. You're Brit. And I'm Tessa. Hi, <laughs> <Are> you Tessa? <laughs> Damn it. One more time. No, so we're not putting that again. in. Shut up. <laughs>